0: Expert of 2016 podcast. My name's Andy Bell. I'm joined by Luke Niblock to preview Bosnia away in the AFA Euro 2021, as it is now, playoff semi-final. Luke Niblock, we're two games from the Euros.
1: Yeah, it's a massive game. It's been, I mean, it's the biggest game we've had in quite some time now, and it's just, it's, it, we're starting to feel those, um, those emotions now coming into this game. It's a really, really massive one, and I'm just fascinated to see how this one plays out, man. Yeah, really
0: really interesting one. I mean, I think because like in the last six years we've had so many big games, you think back to like Hungary, Greece for then the qualifiers for the Euros, then the matches at the Euros themselves. And then even like the, the, the playoff for the World Cup, you know, we have sort of become used to massive games like this, you know, crunch matches where which we can like either qualify for tournaments or, or even go further in tournaments. And you know, it's 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 hard to sometimes it's difficult to see that this is this is actually one of the like the biggest games in our history, really. How many times are we this close to getting the to major tournament? I mean, certainly not really in our lifetimes pre-2016, apart from the, the glory
1: years under Sanchez. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's one of those games I feel like we almost have a familiar feeling about. You know, a team from Europe that has a couple of kind of key men that we have to kind of nullify in the game, and it it just feels this is this is a huge huge test for us now. You know, in in this new setup with 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 Ian Baracliff, you know, he's had some time now to recover from the Norway game and, and what happened before there in in the Nations League, and I think now it's it's a huge opportunity for him to kind of really you know make his mark on the team and and bounce back from that. And what what better a chance to bounce back than Bosnia away, huge game in this qualifier, you know. Um, it's all—it's all coming down to this, really, and it's a good chance for him to kind of right those wrongs.
0: Absolutely, I mean that—that's that's a key thing I actually. Wanted to pick up on uh, in this first part of the podcast because you know the things we're not—we're not feeling particularly fantastic with Barclough after those two games. I know, it is only two games, but you know we haven't been hammered like that by uh, a team that isn't one of those sort of top teams like Germany, Spain. We—we we were never really hammered like that under Michael, and you know people are sort of worrying a little bit. He's been, you know, while we did have, uh, Michael did have a a difficult first two years. I mean, Ian Barclough's been left with a a far better squad and, you know, people are definitely, whether they want to say it or not, people definitely are sort of thinking uh, or sort of doubting him slightly after those first two games. But, I mean, this is like a perfect opportunity if he can can even just get us to this final, you know, win a massive away game. Bosnia, you know, don't really lose at home. They're very strong. They've got a strong home record like a lot of these uh, international teams do around that same standard. I mean, if he, if he, if he can get us through to the playoff final at Windsor at home, you know, it's uh, it's everything's everything's forgiven. Nobody nobody remembers Norway anymore, do they?
1: No, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's like you say, it's it's a huge game, and and if he ultimately does come and get results here, no one's going to talk about those games because you know, I think in the back of our heads, you know, during those Nations League games, we're just thinking about Bosnia. You know, it's it's, it's, it's that word has come up so many times before. We've talked about it. You've done so many updates on the page about the Bosnia squad and things like that and it's just it's, it's the way we're thinking at the minute you know Nations League would be all you know all well and good to win a few of those games but at the end of the day the game that matters is this, is this Bosnia game and it's, it's a massive test and I just cannot wait to see how we approach it you know I'm a bit nervous for it but at the same time you have to be excited for games like this It's a bit mad isn't it because we were uh, literally about six months ago we were
0: gearing up to do this podcast because the match was postponed only I think it was less than two weeks before actually and you know I was already doing my preparation for <laughs> for these players, and, and then you know you sort of have to go back and do it again and have a look. And players will yeah. switch clubs, and players are out of form, and so, you know certain players that were injured last time will will be are back in this time, and uh, it's it's just a, it's just all a bit mad. I feel like I feel like because we we were so close to having this game back in March. And now it's been picked back again. I'm almost like doubly nervous now because
1: I've just been thinking about Bosnia for seven months. It's it's consumed my life, you know. Um, no, and big time, and some of those big players that you've talked about. I mean, this is this is what you want to see as a football fan at the end of the day when you're supporting, you know, following a country like Northern Ireland. You know, you want to see your guys up against some of the best. And there's no denying that Bosnia have some of those guys. I mean, we're gonna kind of dive into that probably a bit deeper throughout the podcast here and how we go about actually stopping these guys. But I mean, you do have to look at their form and, and, and they're looking good at them in a business, so it's a massive test, but this is what it's all about. Yep,
0: yeah, and just before I, I go to an interview with a Bosnian journalist, I want to I ask you about, there, so news has come in this week that, well, UEFA have allowed uh, up to 30% of stadiums to be filled to capacity. Now, that all depends on, uh, obviously, local laws, restrictions, and the government ultimately has a final say, um, but UEFA are happy enough with up to 30%, um, so there's... Um, A a couple of people have been asking me. There's nothing yet confirmed for the Austria game, the Nations League, on Sunday in Belfast. We don't know yet. Um, Certainly, the Northern Ireland are allowed to have 30% of fans in, but it will be ultimately up to uh, the government and the Northern Ireland executive. Um, So, I mean, we we don't know what's happening on Sunday with Northern Ireland, but what we do know is there's going to be just under 2,000 Bosnian supporters in the ground, and, you know, we like to we like to, to talk about the Green and White Army and how much noise we make, but you know, these, these Eastern European supporters are absolutely mental as well. 2,000 Bosnia supporters will be the equivalent of, you know, 20,000 England supporters. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's 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 a bit of a mad one. I mean, how do you think, well, how much of an effect do you think that will have? Or do you even think that because it's such a small number of supporters in the ground, it'll actually make things feel a bit more normal for Northern Ireland, but it isn't enough to really create a hostile atmosphere that would... Uh, put the Bosnians at a massive advantage?
2: Yeah, I
1: don't think it's it's anything kind of groundbreaking in terms of what it's going to do to the game. I think for us, it's about just, you know, making sure that that doesn't get to our heads, just keeping things pretty steady early on. But I think with Bosnia, you know, you've talked about it before, a lot of these Eastern European teams, they do have an, like, an amazing support, you know, on match day. and And you just never know. I mean, that could just... Someone like Edin Dzeko, you know, who's kind of the talisman of this team, that just might spur him on. You know, that could spur someone like him on to really kind of put in a shift and score. And and we know he's a danger man and with some fans behind him, you know, I know it's a small amount, but it might just be something that Bosnia really, really needs. So it's it's we're going to kind of dive into what we're going to do in terms of our approach. But I think it's just going to have to be about kind of keeping those that small amount of fans quiet and see if we can do a job on them. Absolutely. And I mean, when we've, we've obviously been watching football since it's come
0: back in, uh, I think it was May or June, wasn't it? I mean, the Bundesliga came back first. But I mean, when we've been watching it on Sky and BT, you, you have the crowd noise. I mean, I know, there's, I know there is an option to, to, to have no crowd noise and just the, the game itself. But certainly I've always listened to it with the crowd noise on. So, you know, it's, it, it, obviously it is, it's clearly different. But to me, you know, I probably haven't fully appreciated it. Um yeah, no. the effect of having nobody in the ground. And I mean those early Bundesliga matches that we were watching where there was literally nobody, um, literally yeah. nobody no well, there was nobody there, but also there was no crowd noise either. It was just such a strange atmosphere. And I almost think that, you know, while that is a bit of a leveler, almost 2,000 Bosnia supporters, as, as I was saying earlier, and I mentioned this to, to Harris in the interview as well, that it's it's probably not enough to create a hostile atmosphere that we're going to be intimidated by, but it's probably just going to make it a bit more normal for, for both sets of players, and ultimately, like yeah. that's that's still a leveler for me, that there's only 15% of
1: Bosnians in that stadium. Yeah, you can not say it's going to be something that, you know, swings a game. But it, it, I, I think the point you make about it kind of bringing some normality to the game for us, it just could be one of those bizarre things that actually works in our favour as well. You just don't know. And I guess we'll see when we're, when we're watching the game, you know, how that, how that, 5, that 1600 comes, you know, in the uh, 1800, is it? Um, I think it's 1800, yeah. Yeah, 1800 Bosnian fans makes a difference. We'll see what it sounds like, you know, during the game. Yeah, and it's, it's a small stadium anyways, you know, if that, if that,
0: if that ground was absolutely full, uh, you know, oh, those, yeah. small, those small, tight stadiums, like you remember Upton Park and places like that, you always went with oh, a basically do. on top yeah. of you, almost, yeah, a, small, a, almost a, tiny, a, or a tiny stadium can, uh, can actually create more of an intimidating atmosphere, I think we probably yeah. had that more at Windsor when it was the old Windsor. Uh, compared to what it is now, even though you know we all still do our best when we go now, but I mean that that that's just an interesting one. I mean, let's let's just see. I mean, the other the other side of it is if there even if there is a slight advantage to um, Bosnia having some supporters in, you know, we could go in with a game plan of quieting them down, you know, get the halftime sixty minutes at nil nil, and and maybe even then, you know, start they might start getting on their backs because you know, ultimately this is a it, this is a game that they need to win. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll talk a bit about that. Um, about our approach, and we're sort of diving into the next set of the, uh, section of the podcast now. Um, but right now, I just want to go to an interview with uh, Harris Merconia, who is a Bosnian football journalist, and I just got him on to give us a bit more of an insight from the, the Bosnian point of view uh, and the, the the Bosnian national team and how they how they're uh, thinking about this game and whether they're confident or not. So, here's this interview with Harris Markonia, and we'll be back afterwards to talk about uh, the Northern Ireland lineup and our approach to this game. I'm delighted now to be joined by Harris Mercone, a Bosnian football journalist, on to talk about the Bosnian national team. Harris, thank you so much for coming on. Uh,
2: thanks for having me on. Hello, Andy. Hello to everyone who's uh, who's listening to the podcast.
0: No problem at all. You're very welcome. So the, the first question I have for you, Harris, is it's just a bit of a general one. Um, how do the the fans and the media in Bosnia what what are, what are they thinking about this game? Are you guys confident that you'll beat Northern Ireland or? Uh, are you a bit worried, the fact that it's a, a new manager, a new team, etc? Well,
2: you know, there are various factors that uh, come into play when uh, talking about the match between Bosnia and Herzegovina and, and, and uh, Northern Ireland. Um, firstly, neither team has the same manager from the last time they, these two teams, uh, the national teams, played uh, one against another. Um, maybe uh, in that sense, uh, Northern, I- Northern Ireland has a little bit of an edge because your manager has been around more and knows the players a little bit more. So uh, we in the media and the fans also are aware of that, and there's a general sense of um, a general sense of a bit of a worry because uh, uh, Bosnia Herzegovina has been hit hard by some injuries, uh, uh, especially at the back. Uh, in in defense, where uh, players that we used to count on uh, to be there um, uh, on a regular basis uh, are now unable to 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 be there for the national team. So, uh, but we're st- the majority of the people are still confident that with the players like uh, Edin Dzeko and uh, Miralem Pjanic and Edin Dzisić and uh, uh, Amer Goyak uh, and so on and so on. We will be able to overcome uh, Northern Ireland and, and book ourselves for the uh, the finals uh, of the of the playoffs. So um, uh, there is a little bit of a worry, but the atmosphere overall is is a little bit uh, uh, positive, I, I should say.
0: Okay, okay, interesting. And the the Bosnian FA this week they announced that uh, eighteen hundred Bosnian supporters would be would be able to attend this match. Um, on, on on Thursday, uh, how, mu- how much of an, an effect do you think that will have? Because of course, it's, it's been such a, a strange atmosphere. We've all been watching the football over the last months in the empty stadiums and it must be a bit strange for the players. So do you think the, even though it's only 15%, it's only uh, just under 2000 supporters, do you think this will be an advantage to Bosnia compared to if there was nobody in the ground? Or do you think because it's such a small number that it won't really have much of an impact?
2: Well, uh, it's funny you ask that because Dusan Bayević, the, the national team manager of Bosnia and Herzegovina, has been speaking for the first time for the Bosnian media today. And one of the first things he said uh, and mentioned in his remarks are the fans that are going to be able to watch the, um, uh, the match live from the, from the stands. Uh, he said that every single person uh, uh, that will be there uh, is uh, important to cheer the uh, the players on uh, because, as you said, we've had such a, a strange situation with football that uh, is being uh, is being uh, has traditionally been playing uh, been played for for fans, right? And now we've have, have we've had uh, what two, three, four months without uh, without uh, almost uh, any fans in the in, in the stands uh, all over Europe and and the world. And one of the positive positive things, uh, 100% positive things, is that fans will be uh, will be back. Um, uh, Dusan Bajic says uh, said that Bosnian fans. He, he knows that Bosnian fans are very uh, demanding in that sense, and win or lose, they will want to see a good uh, fight for. Uh, for 90 minutes uh, uh, 90 minutes from from the bosnian uh, national team uh, he also said that they will do anything necessary to um uh, to uh, feed them a victory and and give them reasons to be satisfied after a, a difficult uh, a difficult period where um where no fans are being allowed in the in the stadiums also our um our national championship has begun uh we've had like 10 rounds or 10 weeks of football and, and not on the stands. So it's it's uh, viewed as a positive thing that um, however many fans can be in the stands, uh, that, that it should help the, the, the Bosnian national team to, to overcome uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, as far as the players go, I think that every single one of them uh, on the Bosnian side and on the side of Northern Ireland are uh, professionals. They. I don't. I don't think that there is going to be much, uh, much difference uh, for for any side. Uh, for any side, uh, so much as a difference to to, to to determine the outcome of of this match. Uh, I think that uh, both sides have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of quality. They have a lot of uh, quality of, of, uh, in the uh, on the bench with their uh, team managers and on the pitch uh, with their starting uh, starting 11. Yeah,
0: spot on. Uh, and just talking about Dusan Bajovic there, um, how, how have his first two matches gone? So you obviously had a, a very impressive draw in Italy, uh, and then a 2-1 defeat to Poland. Now, you mentioned there at the start of the interview that... Uh, Dusan Bajevic obviously didn't doesn't take the Nations League as seriously as as these playoffs, which is to be expected. I think uh, every manager involved in the playoffs, uh, somewhere or another, will uh, be prioritising the semi-finals and potentially the finals. But I mean, it was two very different lineups for Bosnia, wasn't it? And uh, you know, what what was the feeling? Was it um, did, did you guys feel that even though it's only one point, it, it was quite a positive international break in September? Those two results,
2: wasn't it? August. So uh, it's not that. It's not that that Dusan Bajewicz doesn't take the Nations League uh, uh, seriously. Uh, it's uh, more of a fact that he uh, had to take the uh, Nations League matches to see what he's got uh, in terms of uh, players and uh, who who he can count on for the uh, for the playoffs. For example, against uh, Italy and uh, Poland, there have been some players playing that uh, uh, that that they were making their debut in the uh, national team shirt. Um, he just wanted to see who can be counted on in case uh, something like, actually something like this is happening now because we have a lot of injured players and uh, he, he just wanted to see, to check some other players that didn't have the chance to play before uh, with, with other managers and have a plan B in case um uh, the situation starts to get worse with uh, COVID and uh, injuries. And uh, unfortunately, our some of our best players have been hit hard by injuries and, uh, and COVID. So it's not that Bivich isn't taking it seriously. He just the, the priority was to see uh, what uh, he had at his disposal besides the already proven players that have been uh, playing for the National League. Uh, for a number for a number of of uh, of years, um, there was this uh, clear uh, plan in these two games to apply some of his uh, footballing philosophies, like uh, keeping the possession of the ball, uh, finding out players that uh, uh, can be counted on, uh, uh, especially in defense or at the defensive side of the uh, of the ball, uh, to see who is physically ready for 90 minutes of uh, running because uh, bosnia and herzegovina is a uh, is a team that uh, i think is not well suited for uh, i'm sorry northern ireland is a team that is not well suited to to the uh, bosnian uh, style of of play there's a, mm-hmm. it's very physical it's very fast it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of running and uh, our players are more uh, technical and tactical. And we in the past, uh, for example, with uh, the Republic of Ireland, when we played our last uh, uh, playoffs to go to, the, to yes. the European Championship, we played with, with, with the Republic of Ireland. Uh, the uh, the guy that was the manager, uh, Mehmet Bajdarovic was surprised at the pace that the Republic of Ireland was playing at. So Dusan Bajdarevic doesn't want to leave any stone unturned and he wants to find the right players to uh, make the right matchups for the players of of, uh, uh, of the northern ireland and i think that uh, the good result against italy was uh, essentially a bonus we were in the lead against uh, poland also so there were a couple of players that uh, have shown that they can be counted on uh, in for this uh, national team, for example, uh, Kolic, uh, who was the one that uh, um, uh, the one one of the best players in the match against Poland, uh, he he suffered a uh, terrible injury, so he won't be uh, able oh, yeah. to, I, I to, to answer. Yeah, I saw that was yeah. It was a really yeah, horrible was injury, horrible. wasn't it? Yeah. A clean a clean break at least three I three know. to six months. I, th- I think they said that, that he would be out. So um, there were a couple of players that um, certainly showed that they can be relied upon and 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 called upon when when the time is uh, uh, when the time comes but uh, now with so many absences uh, five or six uh, at least four defenders are out. Uh, Civic, uh, Bicakcic, uh, uh, Kovacevic. Uh, uh, the uh, an entire an entire defensive line is is out and unable to, to, to play for the national team. So now I think that Bajevic will have to utilize one of those players uh, that uh, he uh, tried out against uh, Italy and uh, Poland to uh, to be called upon and to to produce. Uh, to produce quality, quality time in the 90 minutes uh, against Northern Ireland. And in that sense, I think that was uh, um, a good thing. Uh, but I don't know how much, uh, uh, how much uh, of a cohesive group uh, he will have because uh, I think that in the match against Northern Ireland, there will be players that have never played a single second uh, on the pitch with one another uh, especially in in defense. Uh, it goes to uh, it goes from from um, uh, Kolasinac and the two boys that came from Sweden that changed the, their nationalities uh, yeah. to yeah uh, to Erwin Zukanovic, who is one of the uh, most experienced players in the Bosnian national team. Uh, he's playing in Turkey now has has had a, a couple of uh, of great uh, matches even scored a couple of goals in some preparation matches, so we'll see uh, we'll see what what will, what will happen. But I think that, that the first two matches of of um, uh, Dusan Bajic uh, were um, uh, a manifestation of a, a his uh, a footballing philosophy. He wanted to see how much are the players ready to uh, implement what is his football philosophy, which is. Uh, ball possession, uh, uh, perhaps a, a bit uh, of a slower uh, build-up. And when things aren't going as well as they should, uh, for example, uh, against uh, Poland, how uh, what he has at, this, at his disposal uh, with the players that he has to counter uh, the other team's uh, tactics and physicality. OK,
0: and, and that's just interesting. Just to, just to touch on what you said about the injuries in defence there. So, I, I mean, you mentioned uh, there's a, really a lot of players here, right? You know, um, I, the ones I've noted down here are Kervzic, Pekacikic and and Sunic who apparently can't play because he's transferred to China and has to quarantine now. So, I mean, that's also a, bl- a big blow as uh, as somebody who's um, been around the Bosnian national team, and, um, you know, for a long time. Those two Swedish guys that came in—I mean, do you expect either or both of them to start? Because um, I've seen a lot of Bosnian supporters who are very excited about these two guys. Who have—well, uh, I think I think they were born in Bosnia, but uh, uh, had played for uh, the the youth teams for Sweden. So, do, do you expect either or both of them to start, or do you think he'll go for a bit of experience in
2: Zukanovic or or somebody else? No, I think that Zukanovic will, will have uh, a place as the uh, left centre-back because his experience and, and his command of the defence is indispensable uh, for a match, a match like this. Uh, Ahmed Hodgic and, and Haji Kadunic, the, the two players that we, you were talking about, uh, that, that just uh, uh, changed their nationality from Swedish to Bosnian, Uh, are both young players, but they've never played a single match with one another or with either of the players that play in defense for Bosnia and Herzegovina. Mm -hmm. Uh, From that side, I think that um, since Shunic, uh, as you said, cannot be counted on because of the travel restrictions in in, in China and couldn't be here, I think that Bajovic will have to uh, put one of them in the in the starting uh, in the starting 11 they're both young they're both very very uh, talented they're both very uh, physical I think that um, they just need a little bit of time to get to know their um, uh, their lads and and, and the, the players that are that are um, playing uh, next to them uh, and but I think that, that there's no much, there's not much time to do that. Uh, Bielich, uh, as well as the players, have uh, have no time to to uh, to find um, uh, to find some chemistry in, in in time for this match. I think that this match, because of that, Bielich is going to go uh, with a, a, a style of football that will. Be predominantly seeking uh, possession of the ball, a slower build-up, being patient, and ask from his players to be uh, clinical with their finishing. Because uh, if we don't, if Bosnia don't take uh, all their chances, there there's a good possibility that uh, being so vulnerable at the back, uh, one or perhaps two goals. Uh, may, uh, may settle the, 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 the match in, in Northern Ireland's uh, favour. So uh, that's, that's my assessment of, of this defence. I, I still don't know uh, because we haven't seen a single uh, training session from, uh, from Dusan Bajewicz. How uh, is he going to uh, play, uh, especially uh, in defence? But we will certainly know more in the next, uh, in the next day or two because, um, uh, as I said, they have to hurry up, and whoever's going to play that other centre back is going to have to be a, a, a fast learner and essentially uh, be very, very, uh, be very, very good with other people uh, in a short, uh, in a relatively short period period of time.
0: Okay, and last
2: question, Harris. Before
0: I ask you for a prediction, is uh, sort of everyone listening to this podcast will know of the quality of Edin Dzeko and Merlin Pjanic, and even will will have heard of Said Kolasinac because he's played for Arsenal. But one player I just want to ask you about before you go is Edin Dzhegic, and um, who when I look at his stats in the in the Turkish league for Istanbul uh, Shahir, I mean it's he scored you know ten goals, ten assists more or less every season for the last five years. Uh, I think last year he scored thirteen goals, uh, obviously. Uh, fired them to, to be Turkish champions and quite far in the Europa League as well, but there is a sense in Bosnia that he hasn't quite hit those heights for the national team. Now, do you think that uh, maybe Dusan Bajic is the man to to get the best out of Edin Visca? Uh,
2: well, everybody in Bosnia certainly hopes so. But uh, regarding Visca, I don't, I, I really don't know what what the deal is with 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 him uh, playing for the playing for the national team. I, I, it's like it's like he has a twin brother uh, sometimes. That, as you said, yeah, I'm I'm being serious because yeah, he was the he was named the best player in the Turkish league. What was it a year ago or two years ago? Yeah. he was one of the, if not the best assist man of the Turkish league. The same uh, the same year, uh, he's been with the same team for for ten years and uh, playing with players like Robinho and and other. Uh, ex uh, superstars, uh, Brazilian or, or wherever they they may come from, but when he when he plays for the national team, uh, it's it's like he is uh, not is not backing up from a challenge. But there, there there's this. Um, my theory is that with all of the burden being put on Dzeko and Pjanic in the uh, national team, he is not perhaps involved enough sometimes that he can do that he can do and give uh, his best but okay. vischa is is certainly one of our best players uh, statistically looking when when you look at the uh, stats from 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 the club he's his, he's been playing in his speed on the on the right camp uh, right flank can do a lot of damage to uh, any club to any national team fans in bosnia certainly hope, hope he can uh, give his uh, maximum in these in this match, and perhaps the even the 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 next one in in, in November, uh, in the uh, in the playoff finals, but uh, yeah, there's something there's something, and you said it you said it very well that uh, even people here and fans here uh, they believe that Vishcha maybe is not the same guy or the best. Uh, uh, the best doesn't come out of him when he plays for the national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a a position thing. I don't. I don't know if it's a mentality thing. I, I, I told you my theory is that the uh, ball being predominantly uh, held by Dzeko or Pjanic, perhaps sometimes he he cannot do best what he does best. Uh, but let's see. Let's see what happens in the in the next match or in the next matches and then we'll give uh, judgment uh, to Visca and other, also other players. Um, I believe that uh, Bosnia uh, is a little bit favoured because of the home ground, because of the, uh, although small number of fans attending, uh, I believe that Bosnia will be able to edge out uh, uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, don't think we'll see too many goals, maybe one, two, maximum three. Um, I don't know on which in which nets they're gonna they're gonna end, but mm. it's gonna be an interesting one as it was last time. Uh, if this was uh, a situation where no uh, COVID crisis is going on and the stadium is full and both teams can count on every single player, I would have no doubt that Bosnia would be the clear favorite by uh, a length or even two. Like this. I'm not really sure. Uh, I am sure that it's going to be an interesting match uh, tactically. I think it's going to be um, uh, an interesting match physically. Uh, so let's see. Let's see what happens on on Thursday. Okay. Well,
0: thank thank you very much, Harris, for coming on. And uh, let's hope Ed and Jack uh, or Ed and Vishka's, uh, twin brother shows up on Thursday night.
2: <laughs> no, let's hope not. Let's hope the the, the real Vishka uh, comes <laughs> up because. We need him. We need him sorely. Thanks very much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. No problem, Andy.
0: Massive thanks to Harris for that interview there. Uh, the first thing I want to pick up on, Nib, is uh, Harris sort of talks about how the, the Bosnian back four is is going to be very makeshift. I mean, I haven't got the exact clubs in front of me here, but I know that the right back that's going to come in and play plays in the Bosnian local league. And, you know, Kolasinac plays at Arsenal, who I think their supporters have become very frustrated with him. And, uh, the two centre-halves, I mean, they have a lot of injuries. The centre-half as well, Of uh, a couple of guys uh, just injured normally, and then there's a guy who's, who's, who's transferred to China and can come back due to COVID. And it's going to be a very makeshift Bosnian back four. And, you know, you could argue normally for a game like this, uh, you'd want to quieten the crowd, even though it's just just a small crowd. And um, generally in an away game in, uh, in international football, you'd maybe be a bit conservative starting off. But do you think we really have to go for this, given that back four?
1: I mean, you've done plenty of updates on the page, on the Facebook page um, that anyone's following, about, you know, the people they're missing out on. You know, the key centre-back, I mean, we've got, I think it's Ermin Bikacic, is it, that's out? He's he's a huge, huge figure for them. Um, and He's going to miss the game. You've also got even, like, wingers like Duljevic that'll miss it. So, you know, there's key players missing in the side. And if there's any... Kind of, you know, something to take from this this lineup news. It's that we can get at that that back four or whatever defense they do up to play. You know, I think that there's some there's still some decent names in there. There's a lot of players that play in the Bundesliga, things like that, in this in this Bosnia side. But if there's any weakness in that team, we know it's not going forward because they've got these guys like Jako, like Pianic. You know, so I think we do have to kind of go for that back four. You know, I think you and I touched on a few podcasts ago. This, this kind of lack of wingers that we've been seeing from Baraklouf. And I don't think that that can really swing against Bosnia because I just think they'll control the whole game, you know, if we don't actually have a threat. So I think we have to go at them. Have to go at these fullbacks or wingbacks and just and see what we can do. And, I, and for that reason, you know, I would be talking about, you know, wingers coming into the side.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I completely agree with you. We, we will do the lineup prediction prediction uh, in a bit. Um, but, I mean, the... It, it it is a tough one because you know Baraklof has clearly uh, has has been doing this thing on, in the I'm not even going to say wingers because he's been doing these this thing in the wide areas where he's been mainly playing Saville on the left and then yeah I mean we saw we saw McGuinness play on the right in Romania and then we saw Dallas who yeah you could maybe say is a winger but I mean in the last two or three years he's been playing fullback and even even centre mid as we we're, we're going to come in to come on to talk about a bit um, and yeah. it's 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 a tricky one because you know. It's it's one of these ones where if you do sit back and you are conservative, and um, if you give Pjanic a couple of seconds on the ball, he can just pick out that pass to Jako, and, and and you know you could be you could be one down, and you, without really sort of doing anything wrong, if you know what I mean, you know these guys are are magical magical footballers, and they're they're far ahead of any other technical player on the pitch, and I sort of think we just have to maybe account for that to a certain extent, that sort of thing, yeah. you know. In 120 minutes, Pjanic and Dzeko are, are probably going to combine and do something. And I think we have to go into this game with the the idea that we're going to have to score at some point if we want to at least, you know, take this extra time
1: or penalties or even win the game in, in regulation time itself. Well, this is the thing. I mean, Bosnia are just one of those sides at the minute that at home, they just they, they do look like a bit of a force, you know, and, and this is the issue, you know. Bosnia have been in, in, in better form than us. They've picked up some really good results recently. You know, the likes of, I think, a draw away to Italy. And they, they just narrowly lost to Poland, in which they scored first in that game. And I just think the home truths favour them a little bit. Um, but I think it's a, it's a fine line between, you know, fully containing this team and actually having a bit of a go in the counter as well. I don't think the approach should be to fully contain them because we just know that that's going to be us essentially just you know, completely drowning in that pressure away from home, you know. So I think there has to be a balance of having a bit of pace out wide to hit them on the, on the break, um, and also just, you know, defending and and, and and kind of having that, that two banks and, and being ready to approach the counter-attack. So it's it's a fine line that, that Barraclough ultimately has the tough decision on making. Um, and I, I do think that if we try to just contain them and just sit back and sit back and sit back, we'll just keep inviting people like Pianitz to just play his game and he'll have so much time on the ball. So there's a lot of things to get right here if we wanna come out of this game, you know, with with this uh with this win, you know, and it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, man. It really is. Def definitely it's gonna be a really tough game.
0: I mean we've we've seen Michael do this thing where where he plays a centre mid on the wings and I always liked it when it was Corey Evans because I you know, Corey Evans is is a player who knows his limitations, but he also has that sort of energy to get between. He can almost—he's—he's he's so much energy and not exactly pace, but like he's an incredible engine and fitness. And yeah. he can almost—he can almost play the press in two positions. You know, he can press the left back, and he can also press—you know—come in and smother that centre mid and, and put a bit more uh, pressure on Pjanic. I mean, we saw that in the Germany game at home when Chris and Kimmich more or less didn't get a kick in that first half because Corey was doing such incredible work along with the other three in midfield and. It has been stable out left, and we, we saw that against uh, against Holland at home, and uh, you know that worked quite well for that game, but uh, for me didn't really work as well for the other games. It's tricky because, um, you know it's a month ago our wingers weren't playing football. You had Jordan Jones, who you know Rangers, every report you read looked like they were going to be happy to sell and for a very small price. You had Joel Cooper and Matty Kennedy, who are doing well for their clubs, who were uncapped. Obviously, Kennedy's not in this squad, and. You know, you had uh, you have Gavin White again. He's not playing football for Cardiff, so you can understand his, his thought process behind that. But I mean, I'm actually just gonna just gonna go on to talk about. Um, it's because I, I didn't mean to, to do this in this order, but it's a nice little segue. But Jordan Jones has really got himself back in favour at Rangers, and for me, like, there's really absolutely no excuse for him not to start this game.
1: And we've kind of been. Jumping at the bit to see Jordan Jones hopefully get back into the fold at Rangers. You know, we know that he's had that kind of breakdown before with Gerrard, but it seems that, you know, Gerrard is delighted with what he's done recently. You know, he put in some fantastic performances in some convincing Rangers wins there, you know. And I think someone like Jordan Jones, just to offer that pace, just to offer a bit of the unknown, you know, it's someone for them to worry about. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's it's, it's how can you kind of get these, these factors into your team and selection, you know. Uh, You know, if we don't play an out-and-out winger, there essentially is nothing for Bosnia to worry about if you actually think about it in our squad, mate, in our lineup. So, I think someone like Jordan Jones, who's a bit more of that kind of catalyst out out there with his pace, and he can kind of we we know he's linked up before in the past with Jamal Lewis very well. Just someone like that to offer a threat, a potent threat out there, is so important in this game, or else Bosnia can just play honestly one of the easiest games they'll play. We know that they've kind of got a number of it at the minute and we don't want to make it any easier for them than it might already be. So someone like Jordan Jones can really offer that threat for us and just someone who will run it, one of these fullbacks, You know, and, and this weekend back four, that's what you need to be doing. Well, where would you target them? Because, I mean,
0: we've both talked in this podcast before that, you know, obviously there's Kalasinac at left-back and he is one of the better-known players, but he's, he's, he's dreadful, isn't he? You know, would you almost... Uh... Would you almost look to, to target him rather than... The, or would you think, you know, this guy on the right who's who's playing in the Bosnian Local League, you know, he may be a brilliant player and may go on to be a brilliant player, but at the end of the day, he's not coming up against anyone of the quality of Jordan Jones. Would you think that's somewhere you would target
1: or would you actually look to have a go at match? I would have definitely go at both. I just, I would, keep it, I would keep it fresh for the game. You know, I'd be like looking to have Jordan Jones, you know, start obviously on the left, but I'd like to see him come over to the right maybe during the game and just and just give them something to think about that this back four because we know it's a makeshift one you know and they want this game to be easy they want this game to be you know have no surprises no unknown entities all this stuff and no no real pace they don't want they don't want to play against that ultimately so i think just to keep them guessing um i'd have George jones starting the left but i'd have him moving around and taking on different players you know and just let him try play his game and and i i think he can make something happen we've already seen him do that before with northern ireland with rangers um, just in in Scotland in general, so I'd love to see this guy just start and have a go at them. Um, you know, it's gonna to be tough. Like I said, I, I don't think this game screams goals. You know, it's it's Bosnia like seem to like these two goal wins a lot when they're playing at home and stuff like that. So I, I don't think that this will be a huge, you know, free flowing scoring game. But if we can have that one chance of a goal with Jordan Jones out there with his pace, then that suits me. You know. Yeah, I think that's
0: really a really important point that you make as well there, because when he's been playing for Rangers, and I've watched the last couple of Rangers games where he's been in and he has really interchanged for Ryan Kent, he's on the left sometimes, he's on the right at sometimes, and I think that interchange is really important in our front three as well, obviously that becomes more difficult when you have Savile in one wing, because you don't really want Savile going out right, but you could have a Sort of a situation where, you know, when Jones goes out left, Savile goes into midfield and Corey Evans goes out right, and you just keep them guessing like that. Yeah, and that, that, yeah. that's even if you, you are doing that sort of maybe slightly conservative thing of, of playing one way, like, a centre midfielder right wide, which, you know, I, I'm i I'm personally happy enough to do as long as it's only one of them, as long as there's somebody else, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so that'll just be interesting there. But I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I think we have to start Jordan Jones if he if he doesn't start Jones and and we end up going, oh, yeah, out, you do have to ask serious questions because he's he's one of our most talismanic, dynamic players and and yeah. he's match fit now because he's been played. He's played two full games for Rangers. He's he's had appearances off the bench. So okay, maybe he, he can't do one hundred and twenty minutes if it comes to it. But you know, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Let's make sure we're still in the game come 70, 75 minutes, and then and then take it from there. No. Um. I've I've sort of jumped a bit ahead. I mean, I did want to talk a bit about Jacko and Pianich specifically. I didn't really ask Harris much about it because I think everyone sort of listening to this knows. And in the yeah. in the fifteen twenty minutes I had Harris on, I wanna I wanted to pick his brains about things that maybe we don't really know about. So I asked him a bit about Ed and, Ed and as another another good Boston yeah. player playing out right. Um, but I mean, Piana and Jacko are definitely the two that we're going to have to contain. We did a brilliant job of it at Windsor Park, even though we ended up losing two one in that game. It was. Uh, we did an excellent job of con- containing those two, and we were really unlucky not to, to win that game by a couple of goals in the end. However, in Sarajevo, it was a different story. Pjanic was able to pull those strings slightly more, and, and Dzeko did get the double. But, um, I mean, what, what, what would be your game plan? Would you we've, we've talked about that we'd maybe lift to play centre mid out wide, but, you know, h- ultimately, how do you, how do you stop Pjanic and Dzeko? And do you stop Dzeko by stopping the, the service that comes from Pjanic? Is that really the only way you can do it?
1: I mean, that might be the approach that you take, because, I mean, stopping someone like Jacko just, you know, is, it's, how do you go about that? He's a tall guy, you know, he can be the air, he can really just hold up the ball so well. Maybe stopping the services, for Evans to come in there and do a bit of a man-marking job, might just be one of those things. Don't give him that time on the ball. The thing with Pjanic is, you know, and I've only seen, obviously, a few games in Europe and here and there of Pjanic, but every time I've watched him, he's one of those guys that do... Want a bit of everything. So he'll drop deep for the ball, you know, Paul schools ask, you know, fifty yards, you know, the other end of the pitch. Or he might, you know, pick himself up in a number ten position and just have a have a goal, have a strike on goal. He's decent going scoring well record as well for them. And that's this is the thing with 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 uh, with Pianic, he's he can do kind of everything. So it's you know, that would be Corey Evans kind of moving about all the pitch if he was playing, you know, he'd be kind of he'd Probably get the best run out of his life to be honest with you he'd be doing you check that out on um on Strava after that like, because he'd be, <laughs> be doing all, maybe doing all the the kilometers like but um I think just you have to maybe do a man marker job in midfield you know on on piano he, he's the guy that pulls the strings we know that and and he's the one that keeps the side ticking and jeo we know he's clinical, but if he can stop the service that might just be a way of stopping jeo you know yeah, nineteen goals, fourteen assists last season. He actually hasn't
0: scored yet in this campaign. So he's only played two yeah. games, like so. I think we're really clutching the straws there. But yeah. <laughs> he's thirty-four years old, um, and you know he's people may be looking at that and thinking he's not what he once was was I mean I think it was seven or eight years ago we actually watched him play in the Premier League for Man City and he that's probably the worst sort of couple of years of his career because he, he really didn't do the business for them a, a lot of the time but ever yeah. since then ever since he's joined Rome, he's just been absolutely incredible and I think there was a he was supposed to join Juventus this summer but it, it seemed to fall through at the last minute so that just shows you know Juventus don't sign mugs um, no, and we're 34 years old as I say people will look at that but when you actually look at how Jacko plays and his quality is not running in behind. He's not like a, a Timo Werner type player. He's, an, he's a, he's a quintessential technical footballer with just incredible, incredible technique. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and he's, he's, he's great to watch obviously when he's, when he's not playing, when he's, he's not playing against your team, he's great to watch. And um, he's, you know, it's just, it's, it's just such a difficult one. And I think, you know, he's one of these players that's so clinical is, Record for the Bosnian national team is incredible. I think he's over sixty goals and just under hundred appearances. You know, it's it's absolutely
1: ridiculous. He has put yeah, him on his back. Go ahead. So obviously, I mean, yeah, as you said there, Jacko's record. You know, I think it's actually it's fifty nine goals and one hundred nine. I think I, I checked on it. Um, which is, I mean, that's a goal every other game, you know. That's over a goal every other game, which is absolute mad numbers. You know, that we don't have anywhere near that really in our squad. I think Lafferty maybe with twenty odd for us, you know. Um yeah. <laughs> compared to that, you know. It's uh it's a pretty fantastic record, you know, for Jekyll to not to, not
0: to not to like blaspheme or anything here, but David Healy didn't even
1: do anywhere near those numbers, like uh, yeah. I mean, this guy is ultimately Mr. Mr. like so you know, I, as you say, City. You know, Man City wasn't the tip of the iceberg for this guy. He's gone. He's gone levels above that. You know, ever since in Italy, and it, it, they, they've got a task in their hands. You know, Johnny Evans. You know, <laughs> thank God he's going to be you know fit for this game because he's got some job on his hands, man. I know he's dealt with some Premier League strikers before, but this is this is ultimately international football at the height. You know, and this is European football. This is knockout football. This is everything. You know. And, um, and Johnny Evans got, you know, a huge job, on it sounds. That entire back four does, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I posted on the Facebook page about a month ago, uh, I basically posted Jekyll's record last season. As I say, 19 goals, 14 assists, and put the question up for a bit of discussion, say, how do we stop him? And the yeah, the responses were generally violent. It was mainly put him up the hole, you know. It's uh, <laughs> and it may it may just be, you know, it's uh, it's uh, going back it to the Sanchez days where we won games by just b- bullying the opposition. And <laughs> you, you know what, you may Johnny Evans and Craig Cathcart, you know, they're they're two big guys, and, and yeah. Jack was a big guy He can handle himself as well. But uh, let, let's just let's just say in that one, I don't advocate
1: any violence in this. No. No red card handed out you know you know that obviously someone keep an eye on let's not get sent off in this game you know yeah yeah
0: yeah good idea definitely uh, 10 men in bosnia would be a, a oh, bit of nightmare a wouldn't good. it right.
1: um
0: okay well we will we'll, we'll go on to talk about the lineup now and um, what we normally do the, the format of this is we, we usually sort of talk about the positions where there's a bit of debate over um there's always a striker and then the wingers and we, we always sort of talk about the we normally say, you know, Evans, Cathcart, Lewis, Bailey, Davis, McNair. We we always say they're they ins to be in the squad or to be in the starting lineup, and they are again. But I do just want to actually touch on Johnny Evans and the importance of that. I mean, you've 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 uh, you've briefly touched on it there, but I mean, well, I'll imagine we were going into the this game with with Cathcart and a, a Ballard or a Flanagan. Not the not to sort of disparage those the, those other players because I thought Ballard did very well in Romania. And it's, it's not fair when he's. He's not getting any senior appearances. he just put him up against Erling Haaland, and yeah. you know Craig Cathcart is. I if I could if I could do the last podcast slightly differently, I probably would. I mean, it really did rip into him. It was, it, as I say, it was straight after the game, and and it was wrong. We were emotional, but he, he is just. I mean, ultimately, what, what I was trying to say was he, he's not a leader. You don't want him to be the the leader in that back line and and he's not when Johnny Evans is there. Um, and you know his his performances are a lot better when Johnny Evans is there. Not just because the, the quality of Evans, but but because he is a, he is that leader as well. I mean, have you any worries about Cathcart for this one based on the last couple? Or do you think Johnny Evans will just sort him out?
1: There has to be a worry there. But, you know, when we talked about Cathcart in a previous podcast, you know, there has to be an understanding there that Johnny Evans wasn't, you know, there to kind of marshal that, that defence. And, you know, we know that Evans and Cathcart have with us. You know, Cathcart's obviously getting on now. Johnny Evans is obviously getting on as well. We know that Evans has a lot of class as a, as a footballer. He'll keep going a few more years. But I think you have to you have to assume that Johnny Evans will improve this defensive display. You know, I think he's he's very much a leader on and off the pitch. He he does a lot on the ball for us as well. You know, he gives us that option to play out from the back a little bit more and and kind of, you know, just just test their midfield with some of his, his passing range and He's a he's a huge huge asset to have for this game. If he wasn't if he wasn't playing it, like you said, if it was that you know Ballard and and Cathcart not to kind of hang them out to dry, I would be so worried for this game because not just you know not because they're awful footballers or anything. I just think that Evans' leadership is so integral to the side as well at, at the back. You know, so I'm just so glad he's back, mate, for this game. It gives you a chance, you know. Peacock, Farrell,
0: Dallas, Evans, Cathcart, Lewis, any debate?
1: No, I don't really think you can argue. It, you know. We we had a little mention about Dallas. You know, we've obviously seen him in this this Bielsa, You know, take up so many positions, but ultimately that that's that's a BLC fullback. That's just what his fullbacks do. You know, Elling and, and Sure Dallas just pick up all these different midfield positions and, and seem to come centrally and and make all these overlapping runs. It, it's it's a, it's a whole system he has in place. So with Dallas, I don't think we can experiment in the same way. You know, we know that Barkov's not Bielsa, You know, very very different managers. So. I think in that case, you know, just you'll just see Dallas probably line up in that back four, right back. I just think, just keep them there. We know it's worked before for us, so don't experiment too much with Dallas, I think.
0: Yeah, you're, you're probably going to see. I mean, Dallas isn't going to play all three, especially with the, the intensity of that lead side. You know, there's there, those guys pick up so many injuries, you know, towards the second half of the season. And Bielsa yeah. will, will definitely be in Baraklofs a year with his little translators saying, you know, you're not playing him for three games here. you send him <laughs> back after Bosnia. But I think, you know, I think we probably are... I mean, the, the reason we're so sure on Dallas at right back because he, he he can play so effectively in centre mid. Um but the reason we're we're so sure on that is just because we don't really have that solid backup and you know no. Michael Smith who's never really let us down before that Norway game, but then it was it was such a disaster, you just can't risk him in a game like this, really, especially because he's uh he's not been playing uh, his, his his league season for hearts hasn't even started yet. So, you know, he's only been playing in, in friendly matches and and Connor McLaughlin, while he, he was he was so reliable for us between 2014 and 2018, he's just all of a sudden not playing any club football whatsoever. So yeah. it's 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 as much about Dallas's quality at right back, you know, as much as there's about the uh, the the lack of backup there really, which is a bit worrying yeah, yeah. because in in one of these Nations League games, we're we're going to focus on Bosnia here, but in these Nations League games, we are going to have to play somebody else at right back at some point.
1: Yeah, at some stage you might see, you know, Michael Smith play, you know, and if Michael Smith could just score goals like he did against Germany every week he plays, you know, <laughs> it would be, be absolutely fine with me, like, but, like I say, there's just, you know, it's it's no real fault of those guys, you know, they just haven't had the minutes, and ultimately, if you were to put one of those guys in the game, it's, it's throwing them in at the deep end, maybe at the wrong time, and I just think it would be the wrong way to approach this this massive game, you know, like you said, those guys will get used in, in maybe the lesser games you would say in the next um in the next period for us so i do think dallas is just the only guy i'd really play there mate. be honest yeah yeah absolutely and
0: now let's talk about the sort of five other pairs before we talk about the, the striker we've never we've never done that in the podcast before once there ever been a debate which who oh, up front for Ireland? <laughs> well um so, so we we'll talk about the other five now we sort of have to do them in conjunction because as we say we, we we are looking at playing somebody out wide who is naturally center mid i mean We've said Jones is going to start. Davis and McNair are both going to start as well. Uh, would you just do Saville and Corey Evans then and interchange those? You know, if Jones is out left, Evans plays out right and Saville's in the centre. If Jones is out right, Saville's out left and Evans is in the centre. Or would you look at maybe putting Jordan Thompson in because, you know, it's a, a big thing in this game is going, going to be set pieces if we want to score. It's a, it's a massive outlet for us and it always has been. And, and Thompson probably has the best set piece delivery in our squad. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. I, I do think that I'd probably just stick with, you know, Corey or Savile in there just because, you know, I just think the experience in there might actually help us out. Um, but not at the expense, you know. I don't want to see, you know, no wingers in this team. So ultimately, if Jones is in there, I don't really mind what you do with the rest. You know, I think Corey and Savile just to have that experience, but Jones to have that pace, then I, I'm happy with that, you know. Um, I don't really think you can argue that too much. And there, there could be a bit of a, um, you know, a plan play sir
0: just to say Cordy Evans has had two or three really bad injuries in the last year or so and actually mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't actually come back for his club yet. Um so he, he's uh he you know he he was back in training last week but didn't actually make the, the match day eighteen. I think he's barely yeah. played this season actually so yeah,
2: yeah. you know if
0: you're looking at potentially hundred and twenty minutes I am mean, not sure do you know if there's five subs in this game or is there just a three? I've I've I have i have not done research. I'm not yet. entirely
1: sure actually on that, you know I'm not yeah. entirely
0: sure. Th- that could be interesting, actually. Um, but, I mean, that's if you're starting Corey Evans, I don't think you're going to ask Corey to do even 90, let alone 120. I know I keep talking about 120, but it is a potential way we could, um, you know, go on to win this one. So you could look at, uh, you, I think Thompson will have to be used at some point. Um, and it'll, ju- it'll just be interesting. You know, he would probably end up getting at least half an hour in this one coming on for Corey, whether, whether that's Thompson starting and Corey coming on or vice versa. I mean, yeah. It, it, but while Thompson's on the pitch, I mean, I think he's he's not really starting for Stoke in the league this season, but he's he's yeah. doing really well in the League Cup. He's picked up two or three assists, and as I say, he is always a threat with that, that left foot in swing and swinging delivery from corners. And hope to see Thompson on the pitch at some point. And I think it could be a source of a goal for us. It, you know, it's yeah. it's it's entirely mm-hmm. possible.
1: Take it with a pinch of salt, but I mean, according to Wikipedia, they're saying that for the playoffs, you know, you're you're allowed five subs with a sixth allowed an extra time. So. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming they've probably had to stick stick by that coming into the playoffs. With the, yeah. I know the Premier League have obviously made some amendments there, but I think from what I've seen here, it should be five with a sixth load in extra time. So that, that that's interesting as well. That that could provide an interesting kind of look at this game. Yeah, that's that's massive because I mean, well,
0: that probably suits them a bit more because as we said before, when we've uh, when we've been missing a couple of players, you know, it uh, it, it the game completely changes for us, but we have yeah. got these you know we have got i suppose if we are one nil down say or, or one goal down um say going in the last 20 minutes you know those subs might you know you might just have to stick lafferty washington boyce and and uh McGuinness all on stick joel kipper on you know we have those yeah, exciting players on the bench on the bench that can come on and yeah. change it um and that's one thing that we've as, as we've talked in this podcast before we've never really had pre-michael and I suppose that is exciting, but um, let's hope we don't have to use one on, on any of the back four anyway, because we we know how disastrous that was. Yeah, no, um, just, right. yeah, yeah.
1: Go ahead, sir. No, no, that's that's perfect. No, I just hope obviously no changes back there, because you just want to keep that nice and solid.
0: Yeah, let's go on to the striker. Um, <laughs> every single podcast, man, dear me. Uh, uh, but uh, we we talked in the last podcast. I mean, interviews with Ian Baraclough, where he's always said he wants a striker to press. He always had Shane Lavery for the under twenty ones. And he started Connor Washington in both games in the Nations League, even though Washington wasn't particularly effective in Romania. He stuck with him for Norway. Um, one of my things in this is if you're if you're playing George Saville out left and Jones out right, say and say you're not doing that interchange that that we talked about. Um, would you consider putting a Lafferty or McGuinness in? Because the the game for those wingers is going to be really getting to the byline and getting the cross in. And if that's the if that's a tactic, then you'd much rather a Kyle Lafferty in there fighting for those balls than than a, a Connor Washington. And I suppose also you have to you take into consideration the, that back four for Bosnia as well. You know it's inexperienced. It's uh, it's not their first choice back four. Or certainly three other back four aren't going to be first choice. Yeah. So how, how do you do you bully them with a Joshua and a Kyle, or do you think we'll terrify them with Connor's pace in behind?
1: There's a weird part. There's like some part of me in there that just thinks that Kyle Lafferty could be another, you know, writer of a story here. Like, there's there's something in the back of my head. I just think like he could do it again for us, you know. And what a story that would be. The ultimate the decision you have to make here is like, do you go for Kyle's kind of, you know, aerial ability and the fact that he'll kind of throw, you know, throw himself about a bit, or do you go for Washington's press and pace, you know, and. I'm thinking now, you know, with that Bosnia, you know, you know, the, the back line, you know, being a bit weakened, that that press, that pace might really get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I can understand the argument as well for Kyle Lafferty, You know, too so much experience. You know, with it, with a with a backline that's a bit depleted, he could really kind of cause a bit of havoc and just get in their faces a bit. And then you could even bring on someone like a Washington. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, Washington we know is kind of being a starter, and then he's someone maybe you bring off after he's knackered from pressing for six or seventy minutes. You know, so. Um, God, I'd probably go with Washington, but it's it's mm-hmm. I can really see. I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people on the page that would actually like to see Lafley, you know, in this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it is an interesting one. It's really, it's really sort of tight for me as well. I mean, I'm completely 50-50. I think he will play Washington yeah. just because of what I said about the press, and I mean, you know, he likes that. And the other you know, the other side of it is, you know, why Washington isn't gonna physically bully these centre halves, as you say, he's gonna put so much pressure on them. And yeah. at the end of the day, you know, these Bosnia are going to have to play out from the back because they're a possession-based team. They're they want to get the ball into into feet with Pjanic and and Goyak and Simarot and these guys, these technical players in midfield. I mean, if they're if they're under pressure and they just get rid of it, that's Bosnia's game plan completely out the window. Because how do they ever get sort of Pjanic on the ball with a bit of space in midfield? So you know, while you could talk about physically bullying them, I think you know you could bully them with that press in a completely different way as well. So yeah, I, I'm probably going to agree with you and just about say Washington, but. I mean, Kyle Lafferty's one of these players. He could be seventy years old, and <laughs> we'll still have this romantic story that he's gonna he's gonna come on and score a big goal. You know, he's, um, he, I think it's four goals since he last, or four goals, four uh, years since he last scored for Northern Ireland, which is is just mental. And I think you know, there's there is a part of me in the back of my head, and I think as you were saying as well, there there is just a a small party that thinks he's he's not done yet. That goal in Azerbaijan in in 2016 is isn't his last, and he still has another big one in us and or big one in him. Um, yeah. And you know, but the and the other side of that is that could be off the bench, and we'll just see. I would like to see Lafferty at some point if we're still in the game. Um, but yeah. Um, and and Josh McGinnis, I, I guess you have to give a shout for as well. he's probably going to offer more than Lafferty uh, overall mm-hmm. these days. But um, again, he's, he's a player I'd love to come off the bench for one 0 down, or or even you know just the. Uh, just to create havoc. Because as we always say in this podcast, you know these these defenders are they're, they're not used to coming up against the Josh McGinnis. He's just such a different no, no. entity, and he he has his he has his limitations. We all know that, but um, ultimately, he's 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 a player who's who scored big goals for us, and and let's hope he can he can come on and do that again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you can fault us for you know having fantasies about this Lafferty storyline. You know what he's given us in the in you know in recent years has just been remarkable. You know and. Just if just imagine the scenes if he did, you know, come on and 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 have the, the winning say in this game, you know, it would just be, I mean, that would be unbelievable. That's like what a, what a story for him, you know. So who
0: yeah. you knows,
1: man? You know, to have these options. Have at the end of the day, there's three guys here. Having two of them as an option off the bench is never a bad thing, you know. You can never sit and say that you know that that's that's not good for us. So, uh, you know, I'm I think I think it will go Washington like you say, and I do mm-hmm. think McGinnis and Kyle have a part to play in this game. I really do.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. And and if we if we get to the final, we're playing the Republic of Ireland. Do you reckon Lafferty will be will be wanting to start, or do you reckon he'll be happy? Well, to well, then, the well, Lafferty would be absolutely jumping at the bit. down there. He would be absolutely kicking the door down. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: definitely not.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, right. Well, look, we said um, I, I I gave you the agenda obviously yesterday, and we said we'll we'll do something a bit fun with this one. Um, obviously this is the first game, and I don't know how long that could. Uh, Potentially, actually go to penalties. I don't remember a penalty shootout for No Ireland in my lifetime. But uh, if you're not hiding behind the sofa by ten o'clock on Thursday evening, um, we do manage to get through one hundred and twenty minutes
1: uh, mm-hmm. level. Who would be your five? Well, this is this is uh, I mean this is a million dollar question. If you ask me, I think this is going to be a tough one to call. I'd probably say mm, I, I I'm assuming would be on a pen because you know oh, I'm probably wow. be on the pitch. I wouldn't punch him, I would, you know. I would. I would whack Laffrey on him. I would. I think he okay. would. I think he would do it. I think obviously Steve Davis. Yeah. You know, goes without saying. To be honest with you, um, I, make, I mean, I mean, Paddy McNair as well. Yeah, takes pants for Yeah. Yeah, has yeah. to take one. Um, and then this is where it's difficult for me, like, because I'm trying to think of the rest of this side. You know, who else? You would probably maybe favour Stuart Dallas.
0: Yeah, I think so, but there's there's no, like, um,
1: there's no <laughs> reasoning behind it. You just think no, he's reliable, no
0: he'll stick one in.
1: Yeah, he just know he's a decent player. Like, Yeah. I
0: mean, Ultimately, then, that's what it is honestly, because you might even think Johnny Evans, mate. Well, yeah, that, that, that's what I was thinking as well. I think, uh, obviously, Davis McNair are nailed on out because they, they take yeah, out these clubs and they're reliable. Um, I'd say, you know, it, it, it just depends. Probably, you know, Washington, McGuinness and Lafferty have all taken penalties at times in the past and their strikers yeah. are your best finishers you'd say but then you don't really know who's going to be on the pitch at that point so yeah, just a little a bit more fun we'll say like well one of the strikers who, uh, who's still on the pitch and then yeah Dallas and after that you know, there is going to be a mad one there's going to be somebody <laughs> who you know it might be uh well, I was gonna say Jamal Lewis, but Newcastle went to penalties the other night and they went to six or seven and he didn't take one, so he that probably rules him out. I mean Yeah. Wow, it's like it's Maybe you can it imagine Corey Evans Maybe won't be starting
1: pitch. Yeah, Sorry? you might even see Ferguson come on. I take a 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like
0: you just—it's so unpredictable for us because I
1: just
0: one going so far over the bar. It's side grab, No harm, I Hope you're not listening. Um. Yeah. yeah no, it's uh, just a bit of crack there at the end. But um, listen, give me a prediction uh, for this one. Are you are you gonna be bullish? Or are you gonna say we're gonna hold out and and uh, book that place in the final on the 12th of November?
1: I'm 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 saying it's going to penalties, mate. I'm we're winning on penalties. Oh. Winning 5-4 on penalties. Shane Ferguson winning pen. I'll go Kyle Lafferty winning ten. Oh, wow, yeah. He, he's definitely taking fit, isn't he? That would be unbelievable.
0: <laughs> he's uh, he's doing the Ronaldo thing.
1: <laughs> where he, where he's <laughs> take or it could fit, be the John Terry but... thing where he slips and oh, misses. D- don't, uh, don't even. Don't, that's um, not
0: anything here, man. If it goes to pens, we may get somebody else on to do the, the post-match podcast because I'll, I'll not be able to say anything. Oh, I'll, no, be, not I'll be, prepared, be kidding.
1: Will be gone.
0: So you're said penalty when? What are we going to say? Nil nil after one all? What are you thinking after normal time? I
1: think, I think one all. I think we'll be losing the game for the majority, and I, <sighs> I, think, I think we'll pop up late on. I think, uh Steve Davis pen. Okay. We'll, so it's going to be the game of the penalties, man. Okay, interesting. And I'm, I'm also going, going to go on. for.
0: Uh, I don't know whether that's my heart or my head, well it's definitely my heart, don't know if it's my head as well, but I'm going to say oh, wow, I haven't really thought about this I'm going to say extra time, and there's going to be yeah. it's just going to be It's just gonna be mad at that point because, you know, as you say if it's a, if it's a late equaliser, we'll have probably thrown everyone on at that point, and then when you're in extra time and they're all on, you sort of have to just go for it, don't you? So yeah, you do. I, I, I can see like a, a real sort of, well I mean anyone who scores a winner in this game, it's going to be a romantic story, but I can see like a a mad one off the bench—you can see like a Joel Cooper or somebody coming on and and, and scoring the winner. You know, it's it would just be incredible. Um, but be listen, mad. yeah, I'll go. I'll go two-one to Ireland after extra time. Um, right. Just quickly, Slovakia Ireland—the other semi-final. Um, what's your prediction for that one? I, I actually think that's going to go to Pens as well. Um, and I've I, I just got a feeling Ireland are actually going to win it, and that's
1: not going to be popular. I yeah, I could see that one going to Pens. I'll go. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll go. I'm going to go it. Two all, I'm going to say two all, and then I think <clears throat> the Republic taking extra time. I, th- okay. I think I'll agree to you. I think that I'll say it'll be a classic, I'll say it'll be a mad game. So we're predicting a Northern Ireland Republic of Ireland playoff final, wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why, what, We had to, we had to predict that, man, it's, it's, yeah. still, it's, it's really, it's written. Yeah. And we're nice- the goal and it could be Bosnia just taking over the game, and let's just not, you know, let's touch wood, that doesn't happen, you know, Bosnia come in and just, absolutely dominate the, you know the display so
0: yeah and if they do let's hope they do the same in the final <laughs> yeah no <laughs> <laughs> listen nice one for coming on mate I really appreciate it yeah nice one, man I'm looking forward to that good stuff alright uh, well thanks thanks everyone for listening uh, I think we've done just over an hour there so uh, all the build up you need to this this massive game I'll be I'll be coming back to you guys after the after the match with some sort of a podcast or a, or a video or something Um, so win lose or draw well win or lose in this case uh, i'll be back with that one so yeah no just thanks very much for listening keep supporting the, the facebook and twitter give this a like because apparently all that helps us out with the analytics and all that but uh yeah nice one for listening and i'll i'll, I'll speak to you guys after the game on thursday night bye bye